and I haven't pre-read these, so I'm realizing that some I might have some trouble with some pronunciation this year. Maybe, maybe not. Some I don't remember. Them. It's pronounced Oldman, Gary Oldman. Got it, it, got it. I was having trouble with that one for sure. Yeah. Welcome to Feeling It, a podcast where we discuss TV, movies, pop culture, and whether or not we are feeling it. If this is your first time joining us, welcome to the show. And here we go. Come on, walk and talk. All right, here we go. You guys want to hear something neat? It's showtime! Hold your ears, folks. Here we go! See what you can do now. Take your position. All right, ladies, buckle up. Let's do this. Hold on to your butts. Seriously? Listen to me very, very carefully. Hey, it's me again. Eat him up. Enjoy. Welcome to the party, people. Today, we are talking Black Panther. We are talking Oscar predictions. But first, let's introduce ourselves and tell everybody who is your favorite member of the Fab Five on Netflix's new show, Queer Eye. I'm Sandra Amstutz. I'm a social media manager from Nashville, Tennessee. And this is a hard question to answer because Anthony is absolutely my favorite one to look at. But my <laughs> favorite one in whole is Jonathan. Jonathan's just the best. Of it's them. hard to argue with that. Jonathan's pretty great. Yeah. It is. I'm Lawson Soward. I'm a art designer, also in Nashville, Tennessee, and yeah, I it's basically the same for me. It's a close second. My close second is Tan. Um, I think he's fantastic, and I love how much what he does transforms each individual person and helps them feel more confident and how they present themselves. Um, but Jonathan, Jonathan is definitely my pick. Yeah. Um, the thing, uh, it was in. Was it in the first, no, the second episode? And he's like, uh, vulnerability, if you don't open yourself up to vulnerability, you're not opening yourself up to joy and you're not opening Ugh. yourself up to full of everything. And I heard him say that and realized that I was looking at one of the most open people I'd ever seen on a screen. And Here, I just appreciate that about him so much. Here's what makes Queer Eye great is that they're all emotionally so intelligent like they all have yes. their strong points but across the board they're all like ready to be there to be like psychologists for it's true these it, you know like subject matters yeah yeah and i think i think jonathan brings that out the most in people of you know op- opening up getting to them to feel you know better about themselves um and i feel like he has the smallest amount of time with these guys like he's yeah. only doing hair or um you know f- you know they do like usually a morning regimen kind of talk but um whereas some of these other guys are spending a, i feel like a lot more time with them but i feel like jonathan makes a huge impact that being said my favorite is tan i think like what he does talk you know talking through clothes um, he takes them to places that fit them specifically. I feel like a lot of shows, a lot of makeover shows, um, they end up at like you know some fancy store that they're never they go going to shop same it again. Store, no matter who the person is, and that's exactly, crazy. Yeah. exactly where he's taking them. Like one guy, he takes to Target. He's just like this is like this is a place that you will shop. This so is genius. like let's find clothes here that will work for you. And yeah. it's so smart. It's so brilliant, and it makes you feel like these people will actually like continue to you know, take what they've learned from him um, and have it work throughout the rest of their life. It's awesome. Here's what I need from this show. I need a step-by-step process of how Tan does his hair. How does he get oh his gosh. hair that high? It's a work <laughs> of beauty and physics-defying. <laughs> it's just, it's amazing. I also it, it truly is. need, I would love a 30-minute show, like, after the fact 
like an after show of more Jonathan explaining morning regimens because he like speeds through them. And I understand why he does. He's trying to keep it simple for these like new mm-hmm. people, but I'm obsessed with morning regimens and skincare and beauty. And I want to hear more details. I just need more think, Jonathan wisdom in my life. Yeah. At the end of every episode, they end it with like a quick tip. Um, and I think a all the quick tip. tips. Uh, what, what is it? Oh, a cute tip. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're right. You're right. A QE tip. Hashtag QE tip. Yeah, yeah. Um, I thought those were not great most of the time. I thought they sure. could have done a lot more, like specific, like specifics. Yeah, like have Jonathan talk more about this is what your morning morning regimen needs to be like. This yeah. is what okay. uh, skincare looks like. That kind of stuff. Admittedly, season two, maybe season two. Yeah, season two. <laughs> admittedly, I haven't seen all of the season yet, but from what I've seen so far. It kind of feels like a Troy and Abed in the morning. Like it doesn't feel like they're taking it seriously. <laughs> it's it, some of it feels like they're just fucking with us. Like yeah. you want to scrub your uh, your lips, then just like cover no, Larson, them. In. That's not them fucking with us. That's a real legit thing. I, well, the, okay, I believe that the hashtag thing. Like it's a great way to increase your personal brand. And then at the beginning, he's like ha- hashtag ass. <laughs> like, oh, are you yeah, guys that, just dicking around? Having fun. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, but that is true. These guys have a lot of fun together, and you can also like see that at, in the show. Yeah, it's pretty great. Yeah, there. I mean, here's the thing: we could do an entire episode on Queer Ice, and we have to move on. But it's just know true. that I have so many more thoughts about this show. <laughs> it's true. I think we'll be sprinkling in our thoughts over the next couple episodes as we pine that the show uh, is well all over for me. I've watched it all, but you guys yeah. still have a couple more episodes left that to go. Do. The season is not long ago. Treasuring it. There's value in savoring Lucas. I know, I know, I know, but I'll rewatch <laughs> it for sure. Yeah. It's um, a good rewatch. It is. I think so. Yeah. Um, so yes, you can all be watching queer eye with us on Netflix. Um, I think it's seven, eight ten. episodes. Some, ten. ten. It's 10. Mm-hmm. I went through 10 episodes that fast. Yep. <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay. <laughs> Okay, well, let's move on. <laughs> Guys, it is Oscar season, and it's time to play some bets on the winners of this year's Academy Awards. Um, we did this last year. It's pretty simple. We'll go through the list. We'll read our ballots. And whoever gets the most right at the end of the Oscars gets to choose one movie that everybody has to see. Um, I'm not going to bring it up a lot, but I won last year. Obs. Oh, yeah, um, I did. By one <laughs> category. By one point. By one category, which is all that matters. Um, Here, my choice. Just, can I just really say real quick? Okay. L- last okay. year, I lost because I trusted humanity. I trusted oh, yes. that people wouldn't give an award to Casey Affleck, and that and was. I brought, to be, the, I brought that up when I picked him. <laughs> no, that was a mistake on my part, and it was. If anything, the past year has taught me not to trust humanity, and I won't be making that mistake again this year. I just wanted there to say you go. that up at the well, front. Interestingly, not having enough trust in humanity is why none of us picked Moonlight, which is what ended up getting best picture. <laughs> Very so, true. It's it's a it's an evolution in m- many directions, some growing more than others. <laughs> yeah, that's a good Very great true. point. Very true. All right. So let's start going through this list here. Let's start. We're going to start at the bottom, work our way up to best picture. Um, I'll read the nominees. You guys tell me who you who you thought won. All right. Let's kick this off with live action short film. We've got DeKalb Elementary, The 11 O'Clock, My Nephew Emmett, The Silent Child, and all of us. So I should say before we get started with this part that I have seen all of the Oscar nominated short films this year. Congrats. Well yeah, done. Yeah, I'm wow. really excited about it. Um, it was an amazing bunch. Um, 
So should I start with my pick for yes, live action short? Yes, definitely film? start with yours. Okay. So my pick for live action short film is DeKalb Elementary. Um, any, if any of you get a chance to see this movie, it's really, really impressive. Um, it was a hard t- thing for me to pick my personal favorite of the live action shorts. Mm-hmm. And it's because there's a, a good variety, but I think this one might be it. And so it's exciting to say that like one that I really like is also the one that I think is going to win. That's great. I feel like with the short films, that doesn't usually happen. I feel like I have a favorite, and but then there's like there's one that it's like, oh, that one's definitely going to win right. because of subject matter or timing or something like that. Um, this one I feel like fits with both. It's actually the only one that I've seen on this list. Oh. Um, <laughs> but I also think, I mean – surrounding everything surrounding school shootings and stuff like that this year i feel like this is one that and the the way it handles it too um i feel like this is one that's definitely gonna pull ahead y'all i feel really good about myself because i've not seen any of these and i picked it on name alone and i picked oh the same gosh. one <laughs> oh my um i do want to give a shout out to there's another short film in the live action category that's nominated called the 11 o'clock which Mm-hmm. I would also say is my favorite just because I love comedy so much. It's the only comedy and it's a really, really good one. It's like um, very much like who's on first kind of theme. And it's it's about a psychologist who has a patient who also thinks he's a psychologist. And the two of them are just like bickering and trying to analyze each other. And <laughs> it's so funny. So if there's That's any fantastic. chance for you to see it, um, you should you should try to deal. Yeah, we'll do. Um, next up documentary short. Um, we've got Edith and Eddie heaven is a traffic jam on the four Oh five heroin knife skills and traffic stop. Okay. I'm also, like I said, I saw all of these and I'm going to say that this is a bold statement, but I think that this is the most competitive category in the Oscars this year from in the entire Oscars. For me personally. Yes. Oh, for, like, oh, for how you feel about that. Yes, because... Yes, okay. <laughs> uh, sorry, yeah. You're Me- meaning, meaning that every single entry in this category is outstanding. Like, I'm, mm-hmm. I went and saw it, and I remember watching them one by one, thinking like, oh, this one's obviously going to win. And then they would show the next one and be like, oh, wow, well, I guess this one's obviously going to win. And it just kept going. And um, I'm amazed at how good these documentary short films are um that being said this is a you know last year i had a little hope for humanity this is the category (laughs) where i'm gonna place my hope in humanity and i think it's gonna pay off my favorite of all of them i think is going to win and it's called heaven is a traffic jam on the 405 that was also my choice um my favorite out of them was heroin um i think for me, that one touched me the most, but I definitely think Heaven's a Traffic Jam on the 405 uh, can pull ahead. Heroin is like a close, close second. It's so yeah. beautiful and yeah. good. They're both really good. Yeah. Okay. Heroin is what I picked because that's the only one I heard Lucas talk about. <laughs> I mean, I think that's, that's okay. I think that's, that's a, okay. po- a good possible yeah. pick because definitely. it has like the Netflix power behind it. Mm-hmm. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if it won. Yeah. It yeah. also like that subject matter feels very current so and also like i said this is a competitive category edith and eddie is also a very likely winner um share is one of the producers behind it and that Mm. is always gonna help him it's not gonna hurt a movie you know (laughs) yeah Um, so it's a tough race Mm -hmm. 
All right, moving on to animated short film. We have Dear Basketball, Garden Party, Lou, Negative Space, and Revolting Rhymes. I picked Revolting Rhymes. Why? Um, just seems like a front runner. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's going to win. Yo, no, I have not well, seen all of these. The, no, you're I, good. You're I good. get up... I, yeah, go ahead. Revolting Rhymes is one that is on Netflix, so it's, I think it's more accessible to most people. Oh, have you um, seen it, Lucas? I have, yes. I didn't realize uh, it was on Netflix. Yes, it is on Netflix. What's weird is it's t- a two-part thing on Netflix. It's like two episodes. It's like categorized as a TV show it's, via Netflix. But, par- um, but is part the, two available? Part two, I don't know if part two is available. I just saw part one, which was the part right. that uh, that they submitted. Um so yeah, I'm 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 curious about how that works. Uh, my pick though is Dear Basketball, uh, the Kobe Bryant one. I feel like I mean this is animated by Disney animators, um, John Williams score. It's very much a, um, I think an easy love. It's not my favorite of the of the bunch, but I think it's one that will. Um, win. Dear Basketball is also my pick to win, and this is the one of those times where I'm like I'm not gonna trust in humanity. Yeah, um, exactly. Here's the thing. <laughs> Obviously, I have a strong bias against this movie because I believe Kobe Bryant raped someone and I don't feel like we should be honoring him via the Oscars or any other medium. But in addition to that bias, um, I think Dear Basketball is the weakest of all of the nominees. I when I saw the animated features, I was really unimpressed by it. There are some beautiful animation moments in it, but compared Mm -hmm. to the other four, I think it's not as impressively animated. I don't think the storytelling is there. I think it's very, I don't think it's very good. And so I'm, I'm annoyed that it's probably going to win. You know why it's not going to win? Why is that? Because time's up. I don't think he's going to get it. Lawson, I think you underestimate the fact that all these people live in Hollywood and love the Lakers. I mean, (laughs) that is very true. I did not think about the power of the Lakers, but I want time to be up. So I'm going to push for my Netflix pick. We shall see. We shall see. Um, next up, we have animated feature. Nope, we have foreign. I don't know. I jumped all the way down there. Next, we have foreign language film. This, this is where you're going to have trouble, Lucas. <laughs> <laughs> A fantastic woman, the insult, loveless, on body and soul, and the square. Oh, maybe you didn't. I, I, nope. I, I made I didn't. assumptions. <laughs> I know, I know. I, I read from the Oscars website, which does not use the original names of these I was films. I <laughs> about to say, little ethnocentric. Um, yeah. <laughs> I picked A Fantastic Woman. Um, this is, I, I've seen a couple trailers for these films, so I'm getting closer to having seen what we're talking about. Um, and A Fantastic Woman looks incredible. And I've heard several critics that I really trust talk about how it was their favorite movie of the year. So I, I think it's going to win this. And if it doesn't, I... From all the impressions I've gathered, I feel like it should. So, yep. yeah. I'm on the same boat there. Yeah, same here. I haven't seen it yet. I'm really excited to. Um, mm-hmm. I've seen, the only of the nominees that I've seen is The Square, which I very much did not like. And so, same. Um, I'm definitely <laughs> rooting for A Fantastic Woman. Yep, definitely. All right, documentary feature. We have Abigus, Small Enough to Jail, Faces Places, Icarus, Last Man in Aleppo, and Strong Island. So the only one I've seen of these is the one that I'm going to pick, and that's Faces Places. Um, I had kind of a, a mediocre reaction to that movie. I wanted it to be better than I than it was. Um, I, I understand why a lot of people were really in love with it, but it didn't do a ton for me. Um, but I'm predicting that to win. I, I haven't seen Icarus. I, I'm, ex- I'm interested in it, though. 
Icarus is really great. I've seen Icarus and um, Abacus small enough to jail. Those two were fantastic. I think if we had a longer runtime on this Oscar, um, I think more people would be able to see Icarus. um, And I think that might pull out ahead. But I think for where we're we're at now, um, I think Face of Places will take it. That's what I had put too. Great. Sweeto. All right. Next up, animated feature film. We have The Boss Baby, The Breadwinner, Coco, Ferdinand, and Loving Vincent. I mean, clearly Ferdinand. I'm kidding, Coco. <laughs> yeah, I mean, this is the one that, like, of course Coco is going to win. Like, no, I mm-hmm. was reading a piece, and apparently, like, on betting websites, um, Coco is winning, like, 5,000 to 1 odds. Like, it's it's yeah. crazy how much of a guarantee this is. Yeah, it's true. Uh, yeah, I don't think there's any, any competition in that category. Um, Ferdinand. I also don't think there are, I mean, but also, like, looking at it, it like, they're... I feel like there need to be more. Like, ugh, I don't know. Did the you fact see that the boss baby is not the breadwinner, Lucas? I did see the breadwinner. How the breadwinner was, was really great. I think that is the second best movie on this list. Um, but Coco is just so far out ahead. Like, I, I would say it's overall, Coco and the breadwinner. It's true. It's true. Which is, but here's like, the thing Pixar does make, of course, amazing animated movies. It's a little sad that, like, they're such a powerhouse that. Yeah. A smaller indie, like beautifully animated movie, just really doesn't stand a chance. Well, there but have it been could at least like... get nominated, though. I feel like I feel like Coco and the Breadwinner are great movies. Loving Vincent is a good movie, and then you just have Boss Baby, Baby and Ferdinand because they are movies. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> but there are years. I mean, it is. You're right. Pixar is a powerhouse, but there are years where, like, The Good Dinosaur came out, where other movies had a real shot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It, Pixar doesn't yeah. always hit home runs. It's I true. couldn't tell you what the good dinosaur is about, or like I couldn't tell you anything about it. Did you I see know, it? No. It got hung up in production <laughs> and finally was released, and I never saw it. Yeah. Okay. Well, we have talked way more about the good dinosaur than we should on this <laughs> that's, podcast. That's, that's true. <laughs> Next up, visual effects. We have Blade Runner twenty forty nine, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume two, Kong Skull Island, Star Wars: The Last Jedi, and War for the Planet of the Apes. So this is, I think, one of the categories where it's kind of up in the air. Um, and I don't think there's a for sure winner. Um, and I'm going to take a chance on war for the planet of the apes. That's where I'm at as well. I feel like this is the end of the trilogy. Uh, they haven't won this ever. This is their time to like, actually, I, I guess, award these people for their amazing work. And I think it is truly the best work out of all of the, um, these nominees for sure. Yeah. I don't know if it was because it has Andy Serkis in it the same way that Lord of the Rings did, but part of me was like, oh, there's going to get, like, they're going to get the trilogy Oscar. Like, there's yeah. been a lot of work yeah. for three mm-hmm. movies. Here it comes. Next we have sound mixing. Um, so real quick, I'm just going to, we. this is something that I end up having to Google every year, but the difference between sound mixing and sound editing. So sound editing is assembling or creating all the sounds like engine driving, pages turning, crowd noises, that kind of stuff. And then sound mixing is taking all of that in addition to the dialogue and the music and deciding where and when to emphasize what. So sound ed- sound mixing first. We have Baby Driver, Blade Runner 2049, Dunkirk, The Shape of Water, and Star Wars The Last Jedi. I have Dunkirk for for both sound categories. Um, I, you know, I think it's between it and Baby Driver for both of these, yep. and I'm just going to give it to Dunkirk. I agree. I also give it to Dunkirk, mainly because I feel like people would f- people feel better about voting for Dunkirk over Baby Driver. <laughs> um, but I think I think either of those could take it. Yeah, I was between uh, Dunkirk and Blade Runner on both of these, and mm-hmm. I ended up going with Dunkirk because I felt like it had more 
dynamism. Even though Blade Runner's soundscapes were really great, I don't feel like they were as varied as Dunkirk's. Like nice. the explosions and all the like mm-hmm. uh, claustrophobic soundscapes and things like that. All right, moving on to original score. We have Mighty River from Mudbound, Mystery of Love from Call Me By Your Name, Remember Me from Coco, Stand Up For Something from Marshall, This Is Me, The Greatest Show. You mean best original song? You said score. Uh, yes, Ori- best original song. So I feel like Remember Me might win, but I voted for Mystery of Love because that's what I want oh, to win. Oh, Lawson, what a Ooh. strategy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> that's how you win things by not. <laughs> I, yeah, I I think it'd be really neat if Mystery of Love win, and I I'm mean, actually really excited to see Sufjan oh, perform at the Oscars. Here's the thing: um, at an Oscars yeah. where I feel like this year it's very predictable, there's not mm-hmm. going to be a lot of surprises. M- Sufjan's performance is the thing that I'm most looking forward to. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's going to be great. Um, all that being said, I did go with Rem- Remember Me from Coco. Yeah, so did I. Um, right. I, if th- if, I wouldn't be surprised though if this is me snuck in there and that's true. snatched it. Yeah, so it's very catchy. It's very catchy. Yeah. All right. If we I have lose best original followed my heart, I'll be very upset. But that's <laughs> <laughs> we have best original score. Dunkirk, The Phantom Thread. I keep saying The Phantom Thread. It's just nope. Phantom Thread. Right. Dunkirk, Phantom Thread, The Shape of Water, Star Wars: The Last Jedi, Three Billboards Outside Ebbing, Missouri. I think it's shape of the watch, the shape of water, <laughs> shape <laughs> yep, of the water, yeah, um, the shape of all the water. <laughs> yeah, I also pick shape of water here. Yeah, ditto. Alrighty, next we have production design: Beauty and the Beast, Blade Runner twenty forty nine, Darkest Hour, Dunkirk, and The Shape of Water. Here, I also went The Shape of Water. Same. Oh, I went Blade Runner twenty forty nine. I think I think that's a that's a close second. Like I think either one of those could take it. Lawson is picking a lot of the close seconds and that is going to be an amazing night if Lawson gets all of these right, Lucas. It's very true. And yeah. we get all these wrong. Yeah. That'll be it was such an exciting Oscars. It, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, man. So, Lawson, let's see if you want a close second here. Makeup and hairstyling. Uh, Darkest Hour, Victorian Abdul, and Wonder. <laughs> I put Darkest Hour. I was going to say, there is go. there yep. a close second? Yeah. <laughs> There's not. <laughs> it's definitely Darkest Hour. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Um, we also, we now have film editing. We have Baby Driver, Dunkirk, I, Tanya, The Shape of Water, and Three Billboards Outside Ebbing, Missouri. I had Dunkirk again. Yeah, so did I. This is a category also, though, where I think it's a little iffy and that I could see Baby Driver, Mm -hmm. you know, sneaking in here. Yeah, I think, like, the actual edit was a harder job for Dunkirk just because, like, interweaving those timelines and stuff like that I think is a lot of work and difficult to pull off. Um, but I think Baby Driver is more visually stunning to see that kind of editing um so i also chose dunkirk but we'll see yeah i think dunkirk's gonna win it because they did something interesting and different with the editing and the amount of time happening i just i think the academy is going to be voting on like oh i haven't seen that kind of a thing before even though it was very confusing to watch the first time less accessible (laughs) the first time uh viewers i think it because of its ingenuity it's going to win yeah um, next, we have costume design. The, be- the Beauty and the Beast. What is wrong with me? <laughs> costume design. Beauty and the Beast, Darkest Hour, Phantom Thread, The Shape of Water, Victoria and Abdul. I mean, if Phantom Thread doesn't win it, what are we uh, even doing? Yeah, Seriously. Um, the Shape of Water won it for the BAFTA, right? 
I think. I don't know. Something ridiculous. I feel like, yeah, I feel like the Phantom Thread did not win the BAFTA for costume, which blows my mind. I don't know. Yeah. I don't feel like this is a close category until that happened. So we'll see. Yeah, it's okay. There are other, there are worse instances in Oscar history of there being no justice than the Phantom <laughs> Thread not winning. But yeah, that's True. what I put as True. well. <laughs> All right, cinematography. We have Blade Runner 2049, Darkest Hour, Dunkirk, Mudbound, and The Shape of Water. Okay, I feel like Blade Runner should win it, but I put Dunkirk again. You did put Dunkirk. Interesting. Roger Deakins has never won his Oscar. This is his, what, 23rd nomination? Um, Why stop now? Uh, I did pick Blade Runner 2049. I feel like everybody... This is... So Leo had his year where I was like, guys, we have to finally give this award to Leo. I feel like this is Roger Deakins. Like people are so embarrassed that he's <laughs> been nominated this many times and never won. Like this is the perfect opportunity to give him this award. Blade Runner 2049 is beautiful. This is it. It is. Yeah. I just feel like Blade Runner doesn't have anything pushing into these Oscars. I think that this is going to be the year. I think okay. that it's a movie that like a lot of people love or want to love and of all the categories I think this is the one where they're like you can't deny the cinematography is like so breathtaking mm-hmm. um so I think that it's gonna be yeah. Blade Runner I think it's a vote for Roger Deakins not a vote for Blade Runner sure yeah but yeah well I'd be very, all right be well yeah. <laughs> very true um next we have best original screenplay we have the big sick get out Lady Bird, The Shape of Water, and Three Billboards Outside Ebbing, Missouri. So this is the category, other than Best Picture, that I think is the most, like, who knows what's going to happen. Yep. I have no idea. I'm going to vote. I'm going to – I think that Get Out is going to take it. Okay. Um, That's what I think, too. (laughs) I don't know that for sure. Like, that – that this is like I said, this is the category where I think anything goes. Um, Yep. I think people are going to reward Get Out on its like innovation and its unique idea and its great tight writing here. Yep, I also chose Get Out. I'm really surprised that we all chose Get Out. Um, did you, Lawson? Well, yeah. I did. I had Shape of Water and then The Big Sick very close, but like Get Out was ultimately my choice. Kind of what I'm scared about is if I see Get Out win Best Original Screenplay, I will be less in inclined to think it would win best picture and i would no. rather see it win best picture than original screenplay Lawson, see, i disagree yeah. i think if it wins best original screenplay then it, it has, has a, a better shot chance of at best, best picture, picture. Okay. best original yep. screenplay is often like a really good indicator for what's going to win best picture okay yeah yeah I th- it's not great. like a hands down indicator but it like is a good nod so if it if get out wins best screenplay then we can all get excited that it could it might be winning best picture right okay if shape of water wins original screenplay it definitely won best picture yeah so got it uh, yeah that's what i feel like we're we are there right. <laughs> um next we have adapted screenplay we have call me by your name the disaster artist logan molly's game and mudbound i mean i think this one's hands down call me by your name um, for sure i feel like everything else is just like a Right. A nice nomination. Especially but. <laughs> because the screenwriter, I think he's 89 years old and has had this like illustrious career. And I think this is, again, mm-hmm. one of those where it. I think the script itself does deserve the Oscar. But then you are also nominating it, or awarding it because of the career Definitely. of the writer. Definitely. Yeah. Yep. Lawson, did you have something else? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> no, I had that. But okay. just because Good. I really liked that screenplay i didn't yeah yeah i'm impressed with how much background you guys have been able to uh find i really want to win lawson yeah man a lot's on the line here you (laughs) you deserve to win more than i do if i win i'm gonna feel bad (laughs) if you win lawson 
I'm going to be excited because it's going to be a crazy night. <laughs> it's true. It's very true. <laughs> um, next up, we have actor in a supporting role. I feel like all the actor ones are pretty slam dunks. So let me go through this. Actor yeah. in supporting role. We have William Defoe for The Florida Project, Woody Harrelson for Three Billboards, Richard Jenkins for The Shape of Water, Christopher Plummer for All the Money in the World, Sam Rockwell for Three Billboards. I put William Defoe. Really? Oh, what? Yeah, I did. For supporting okay. actor. All right. Okay, he, he Sam is Rockwell who, is walking away with this. Yeah, for sure. He is. But if I could unword this, I would give it to William Dafoe. Um, agreed. 100% I, agreed. I think he's amazing <laughs> in that movie. And he's my favorite of these nominees. If I could give it to anyone, I would give it to Michael Stuhlbarg. But that's, yeah. not, where, yeah. that's not the world we live in. Yes. I feel like <laughs> Sam Rockwell did a good job in this movie, but got a lot of awards. Like he won this in the uh, Golden Globes because it was a more foreign audience. And I think that the racial idiocy with which his character was written could be detrimental now that it's the American Oscars. See, that's your faith see, for in the... humanity showing, Lawson. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. But All right. see, for me, for me, that falls more on the direct, the fact that Martin McDonald didn't get a directing nomination and um, how they'll vote for Best Picture. Yeah. I think they'll still award Sam Rockwell. And honestly, any other year, I feel like Sam Rockwell would be my heart pick. Like yeah. anything that he's in, I, I yeah, love I love him Rockwell. too. And I, and I hate that I like the one year he's nominated is the one year that I'm like William Defoe. <laughs> right. Yeah. So. Yeah. But um, yeah, Lucas, I agree that I think, and I'll just spoil it right now. I don't think that Three Billboards is going to win Best Picture, and I don't think that. Martin McDonough is going to win Best Director or anything. Like, I, I think, or he wasn't nominated, I don't think. He wasn't nominated, yeah. right, which is why I don't think he's going to win Best Picture. Yeah, so I, I don't, I think it's going to hurt it in the big picture stuff, but mm-hmm. I don't think it's going to hurt it in any of these acting categories. Right, right. All right, so we have actress in a supporting role. We have Mary J. Mary J. Blige for Mudbound, Allison Janney for I, Tanya, Leslie Manville for Phantom Thread, Laurie Metcalf for Lady Bird, and Octavia Spencer for The Shape of Water. It's Alice and Janney all the way, right, guys? Luke uh, Lawson, what do you think? I just wanted to be Laurie Metcalf so badly. <laughs> I mean, me too. But, did, yeah, what, did you Allison. vote for? Wait, what did you vote for? I'm trying to. I no, did no, Metcalf. you're changing it. I did Laurie you're Metcalf. You're changing it. <laughs> I wanted to be her, but Alice and Janney is going to get. I just Lawson. I love, I love that you are voting for all of these like close calls. I know. I really I know. respect that because I, like I said. There is a universe. Like I said, these are these aren't crazy picks. These are there is a universe in which right. Lori Metcalf wins Best Supporting Actress. Mm-hmm. And yeah. honestly, that's my that's my heart pick as well. Yeah, um, same. I, but I think I think it'll be in Alice and Jan. I have these, so it's like a weird balance between what I like know know is going to happen and what I really want to happen, and I think is still within the realm of possibility. And yeah. I don't know. I I just ugh. I, I think she could do it. I want her to get it. And yeah, I just, every time that I think about, no, you can't vote for what you want. You have to vote for what you know is going to be a lock. I'm like, yeah, but Moonlight <laughs> won. So anyway. That's true. Sure. That's true. Yeah. yeah. It's the exact same thought process we did last year. Yeah, so, absolutely. Yeah. All right. We have actor in a leading role. Timothy Chalamet for Call Me By Your Name. Daniel Day-Lewis for Phantom Thread. Daniel Kaluuya for Kaluuya? Yes, yeah. Daniel Kaluuya for Get Out. Gary Oldman for Darkest Hour. Denzel Washington for Roman J. Israel. 
I always say I've I don't read his name a lot, and so I've always said Kaluya, but then I was looking at it and I was like, there's two U's, wait, what's going on? Yeah. Got it. So I want it to be an upset and for Daniel Kaluya to win, but I did put Gary Oldman on this. Okay. There you go. Yep. Yeah, so did I. But let me tell you, if Timothy Chalamet wins this Oscar, I will not care who wins this bet because I will be so excited. <laughs> I think he's way too young to win. Of course. I mean, I think he's too young for people to vote for. Like, people don't vote for men, but I don't think he's too young to win it in that he deserves to win it. Like, he. No, 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 no. Yeah. 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 I agree. I agree. I agree. Yeah. We all voted for Gary Oldman. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Um, Actress in a leading role. We have Sally Hawkins. Sorry, I was just realizing how much the reason I picked Willem Dafoe or Sam Rockwell contradicts with picking Gary Oldman. But go ahead. <laughs> the heart wants it on its last time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, actress in a leading role Sally Hawkins, The Shape of Water, Frances McDormand, Three Billboards, Margot Robbie, I Tanya, Saoirse Ronan, Lady Bird, and Meryl Streep, The Post. I want Saoirse to get it, but I voted for Frances. You know, I don't, I haven't spent a lot of time thinking about this category the way I usually do as far as yeah. who I want to win it. Obviously, I think Frances McDormand is going to win. Um, I think I would give it to Sersha, yeah, as well. Out of these nominees, that's probably who I would give it to. Um, I'm not as yeah. passionate this year about this category, and usually this is the be- my favorite category. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I am surprised that we're at this point because I feel like a lot of times, I mean, in the past like many years, we've given it to young women. And so like in a normal year, I feel like this is one that would be Sersha Ronan's time. Like she's already been nominated two other times. Um, Except and it's a comedy, you know. Like that's that is that is true. That is very true. Um, and Itania is also a comedy, so yeah. I don't think either. Oh, yeah, I, either of them. No, I'm changing my mind. I I forgot that Margot Robbie is nominated. If I could pick, it would be Margot Robbie in this category. Yeah. Um, I for, yeah. I forgot that she that about Itania. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, Margot Robbie is my favorite performance of these nominees. I was so blown away by her yeah. in it. But you're picking all that being Francis. said, Francis Dormant. Yeah, I'm picking. Win. I'm voting for Francis McDormand. Yeah, yeah. Um, all right, we have we are now on to directing. We have Dunkirk, Get Out, Lady Bird, Phantom Thread, and The Shape of Water. I mean, I want it to be Lady Bird, but I think it's going to go to Shape of Water. Yeah, I think Del Toro has this in the bag. If I could pick a winner, though, it would definitely be Jordan Peele. Yeah. Um, so I, I'm holding out a little bit of hope for him, but I am I think it's going to be Del Toro. Yeah, yeah. Del, I would Toro, be, Del Toro for sure. If it was Jordan Peele or... Um, Gerwig. Oh, damn it, Gerwig. Yeah, Greta Gerwig. I would be so stoked. Yeah. But, yeah, I think it's Del Toro. Again, that's another thing. If like either of them win, I'm also going to be so excited. That, yeah, 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 definitely. I love Del Toro. Um, I wouldn't be upset, but it's that's just like true. Great. I, like I have his. such a an affection for Del Toro. Um, yeah, I don't think his. I think his movies are flawed, but they're so fun, and I and I love them. Um, and I love him as a figure so much. I know I'm going like his speech is going to be probably one of my favorite moments of the night. You know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think I think this directing list is crazy. Like if you told me a year ago, yeah. we'd have. <laughs> have this list of best picture or of yeah. director nominations it's it's insane yeah um but i'm really pumped about it <laughs> all right last but not least guys best picture we have call me by your name darkest hour dunkirk get out ladybird phantom thread the post the shape of water and three billboards this is the category that i this think anything could go 
Like, yep. who knows? Yeah. Yep. I picked Get Out. I went wow. with my heart. Wow. You picked Get Out. <laughs> yeah. You picked Get Out. Sandra? For me, it was really, I don't think Three Billboards is going to win. Although I do think it no. is in the mix, you know? Yep. Like, um, it was really a call between Get Out and Shape of Water. And ultimately, I went with Shape of Water. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think I think that is the smart pick. Um, this is the one where my heart got me as well, and I went with Get Out, too. Ah! <laughs> so, Lucas, this is the we'll only category where you and I differ. I know, I know. Are you guys seriously on the exact same page minus one vote? Yes. Yeah, yeah. Oh, my God. We picked everything else the exact same. I. This is, I don't know. I don't know. This is crazy. This is a very uninteresting bet for every- actually no. This is like really compelling because yeah, it could be I blow out is. both of you guys, or it's one, one of you wins by one point. Yeah, yeah. that's it. That's yeah. that's, that's, that's the what's going to happen show. again. Yeah, it last year only come down I was like picture. counting. I was like, okay, Lawson won this one, but Lucas won this one, and I won this one. Yep. No, this year it's just either Lawson it's wins because the night is amazing, or. <laughs> Lucas and I, or I win based on best picture. Yep. Yeah. Oh, man. Oh, man. <laughs> we'll thing. see. Let me tell we'll you. I'm a, I want to win pumped. so bad. But if Get Out wins best picture, I will be very excited for that. Yes. I will be furious yes. that you have won again, Lucas. <laughs> <laughs> but I'll be happy for the movie. Oh, um, man. I think I think that makes the original screenplay category even more exciting to watch. Yeah. Because if Get Out wins it, which we both want, yeah, that I I think now it just it will just come down to whether that best picture will happen. Right. If Get Out loses it, though, I think I think you're locked. I, I think, think you're I locked. Win. Like if best yeah. picture loses original screenplay, I, I think you've got it with Shape of Water. Can I say that my need to win this bet isn't be- so much because I want to be the winner; it's because I don't want you to win, Lucas. It's because <laughs> I hate Western so much, and I'm so angry that you made me watch one, and I know you're going to make me watch another, and that is my pure driving force. When I was watching Slow West, I was like, I can't fucking lose this year. I can't (laughs) do it because I can't watch another one of these movies. Oh, man. I've got so many. I've got a whole list. I know you do. I hate them. I hate them so much. (laughs) Lucas, when I was like, okay, I've got to finally watch Slow West. I looked up, I was like, maybe I'll look at the trailer and it'll get me excited. And I watched the trailer and I was like, wow, this looks like a really good movie that I don't want to watch at all. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. And it's I watched so good. it and I was like, yeah, there are parts of this, like parts of the writing that I did think were really great. Um, but the whole movie itself, I was like, I hate hate this i hate the horses i hate the guns i hate the death i hate the misery i hate westerns (laughs) oh man well at least i didn't make you watch manchester by the sea or something i mean honestly thank you i really i might have quit the podcast i don't think i do that Um, well i i do already have my next i know you do and i know that it's a western it's it's a spiritual Western. It's oh, not a real Western. It's not so Hostels? It's not Hostels. I'm not okay. going to make you guys watch Hostels. Thank God. Honestly, Lucas, I was really ready to, like, I was like, he's going to make me watch Hostels. And I don't, <laughs> I I can handle a spiritual Western. I can't watch yes. Hostels. Hostels yes. looks like everything I hate. 
<laughs> I really liked Hostels, but I didn't love it enough to like make you guys watch it. That's like, I, exciting like, I want news. this movie to be something that I absolutely love with all my heart. Okay. You're already presuming victory the way you're talking about this, which I think is a little bit farsighted. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we... We shall see. We shall see. We don't have a lot of time left, so we should move on. Agreed. Agreed. Um, any last questions, any last statements before we close these ballots and pray that we win at the Oscars? No, I, I'm excited. This is going to be a fun year. It will be a fun year. My my uh, theme song as I watch the Oscars will be that Follow Your Heart song from the Mulan soundtrack <laughs> by 98 Degrees. Yeah. Wow, that is very specific. Just hoping that my heart picks come through. <laughs> All right. Well, guys, let's talk about Black Panther while we still have time. Yeah. <laughs> okay, Black Panther. This is the movie directed by Ryan Coogler, starring Chadwick, Chadwick Boseman, Michael B. Jordan, Lupita Nyonga, tons of amazing people um this daniel is the story kaluuya? of yes daniel kaluuya martin freeman you want me to just name Angela everybody Bassett, we could yeah. go here Lakita yeah, I mean, wright so many people Forrest Whitaker. Duke, sterling k brown angela bassett forrest whitaker yeah. andy circus yeah. <laughs> everyone's in this movie guys um so yeah this coming off the heels of i think a lot of interesting marvel movies uh, amazing spider-man um thor ragnarok those Movies I felt like were very different than the rest of what the Marvel Cinematic Universe had done so far. Um, what were your expectations for Black Panther coming off of those? I would say my expectations for Black Panther were very high, not so much because of the other Marvel movies, but because mm -hmm. of the Twitter buzz before the movie yeah. came out. Mm -hmm. um, film Twitter was like really going crazy for it. And so I had exceptionally high expectations for it. Did you think it would be like a good Marvel movie or did you think it would be a different Marvel movie? Um, I here's where I think I was a little at a disadvantage is that I think from the buzz that I heard, I thought it was mm -hmm. going to be a great movie. Like, mm, like yeah. not, you know, not Oscar is like a big word to use when it comes to superhero movies, but like right. of the caliber of like, this is like a life changing movie. And mm -hmm. I think that that was like giving it a little too much credit. Um, so I was thinking it in like really big terms, like yeah. change the game yeah. kind of terms. Yeah. For me, all of these movies cannot break out of the Marvel bubble. Yeah. Like it's still a Marvel movie. It still kind of fits in that universe. It's going to look like that. It's going to sound like that. It's going to act like that. Um, kind of, I, I kind of felt the same way about the X-Men movies until Logan. Logan to me is outside of that. It's a yeah. different type of thing yeah. um and i for me marvel hasn't shown me anything like that so i still feel like everything still has to fit within that so for me it's like it's great it's really great i love it for a marvel movie that, yeah. that's exactly my reaction to it lucas was that when people were like so how is black panther um i would say like it's a great marvel movie you know, yeah. I, I think I yeah. went into it thinking it was going to be like this amazing film that blew my mind and it ended up being like a really, really good Marvel movie. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, I my expectations could not have been higher going into this. Like I picked it as my pick for the whole year um, mm -hmm. and it's we're only a month in to the year. So, <laughs> um, so I. I, like you, Sander, like I, I think I started off like whenever they announced the 
you know, phase three slate for Marvel movies, I was already like, oh, Black Panther is the one I'm looking forward to the most. Like, I'm so excited about seeing that character come alive on screen. But as time went on, because at that time I was thinking, like, it'll be such a great Marvel movie. And then as time went on and as this Twitter buzz came up, I had the same thought you did of, like, oh, this is just going to be a great movie overall. Like, the fact that it's a superhero movie is very incidental to what it's doing and how great it is. And um, then I went and saw it and felt like, oh, it was just a Marvel movie. Um, but that was the first time I saw it, and I've seen it three times. Oh. And it is so much better than just a superhero movie to me. <laughs> um, I I love it so much, and it, in a way that I know it, it definitely does live within the Marvel Universe, and it definitely does um, look and feel at, in ways that are cohesive to that. But after the first time I saw it, I'm also going to put this out there. The first time I saw it, it was opening day, or no, the Saturday after opening night. And we went at like 11 a.m. to get tickets, and it was sold out through 9 p.m. So we got tickets for the 9 p.m. showing, and they were reserved seats. And the only seats were in the very back of the theater, on the very side of the theater, where all of the track lighting is for the stairs. Mm, and that yeah. was bright the whole movie through. So watching it felt like watching a movie at somebody's home theater and they wouldn't turn off their kitchen light. And so it was the whole time I was like, oh, it's a movie. Like, it's good for a Marvel movie, but I'm watching a movie. The second time that I saw it, I saw it front and not front row, but like very well spaced right in the center. It took up my whole range of vision and it was like seeing a completely different film. I think part of it was because there's so much plot going on in this movie there's so much culture being thrown at you in this movie, and it's all beautiful to watch the first time. It's a lot to take in, and it's really gorgeous, but the second time that I watched it, I realized I was completely transported into Wakanda. I felt completely uh, enveloped by the movie, and the third time I watched it, I forgot it was a Marvel film. It is just, like, because it stands on its own. It does have the tie-in at the beginning and at the end, but... The only thing that even touches on it being a Marvel movie beyond the tags at the very end of the film are flashbacks to Civil War, which don't show other superheroes in it. It just shows mm -hmm. him and his father. This movie, can you can watch no other Marvel movie ever and watch this movie and appreciate it. It can feel like something that from like the 90s era of superhero movies that were not a part of any franchise anywhere else. And in that own right on its own two feet i think this movie is like probably the best marvel film i'm i really liked uh civil war a lot and i really liked spider-man a lot but i think this is the best marvel film i think it's the best origin story by a long shot and um it just it so rewards repeat viewings and it's God, it's so good. It's so good. And the first time I saw it, I was like, this let down my expectations. My expectations were too high. And by the third time I saw it, I was like, this is beyond even what I thought it could be. That's, that's awesome. That's, that's really so exciting. really exciting to hear you say that, Lawson. I've only seen it once. And I will admit that I was in the second row of the theater. That was the only seat that was available. Um, and so it, it was not the best viewing experience. Um, and I'm excited to see it again and in a better experience mm -hmm. because I'm hoping that maybe I'll have a similar 
um, experience to yours, Lawson, where it gets better every single time I see it. And um, I'm not just taking ev- all this new information in. And that's, you know, that's my one yeah. judgment. Yeah. For me, it was the first Marvel movie where I was like, immediately, I have to see this again. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm I'm so excited. to I can just get back in line and just do this right, right now. Mm-hmm. My wife did that with Thor. Uh, Ragnarok like as soon as we were done she was basically like all right well let's let's just watch it again so (laughs) So, Spider-Man I saw Spider-Man twice because I was like I gotta see this again yeah and and that's that's one of the things that I really love about Marvel movies is that they are so rewatchable and so fun yeah um I just think Black Panther is the first one that I've like immediately like had that urge to just start from scratch again and do it again (laughs) yeah that was some pretty unencumbered praise but there are things about the movie that I think could be better there are things that I think have been present in other movies before and I was like oh this feels a little derivative like you're doing a new thing with it but this device is very similar in a way that I wish you had done something else but overall I thought it was a great movie I just I didn't want to put it out there like this movie has no flaws <laughs> at yeah, all yeah. Um, sure. oh, we'll definitely, definitely talk about flaws we'll definitely yeah. talk about flaws <laughs> um, for me it like the biggest the biggest win here are the actors and the characters like the characters here are so well written um and a lot of characters like like i feel like this Mm -hmm. this gives me hope for infinity war not a lot but the fact that like i didn't think you could write a marvel movie with like great deep characters um and not every character is deep but every character is engaging and exciting and fun to be with um and that's refreshing and like the actors that they've put into these roles (laughs) are incredible and i this is again this is why i'm excited for infinity war is to see these people some more like get them involved with other people that we already know that kind of stuff yeah it's it's incredible i've already seen so many people talk about how like i would watch a whole movie of peter parker and Black Panther's sister Shuri, like just talking yeah. tech together, like yeah. Yep. See, that's that's the kind of fun, fun fun stuff that should be in the Marvel universe. Like that's what these things should be doing is setting up. Like you've seen these movies. What are two characters that you want to hang out together to have conversations with? And that's what makes the Marvel universe great. Yeah, totally. Black and Widow think- and like, um, what's the name of the the general, the head of the army? Um, it's like Okoye. O- Koya, yeah, something, something like that. Like that. Yeah, um, yeah. Like the two of them together, like fighting side by side, that would be amazing to watch. Yeah, 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 just, yeah. Like I have not been excited for Infinity War at all, but that's that's what's making me excited is seeing these people again. It's I'm excited for Infinity War because my favorite characters in the Marvel universe are Captain America and Bucky, and the fact that they are going to be like working with and fighting with all the Black Panther characters who I'm now so excited about is I'm like, yes, this is like where I want them to be. Yeah. 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 The thing that's amazing about this movie that I think is pretty singular within Marvel movies, like Marvel attracts really good talent, but I think the way in which they were able to round out and like, maybe I'm giving this too much credit because of how many times I've seen it, but I feel like the way they were able to round out, each of the characters in this film to where I would watch a standalone film about most of the people in it. Like if you have a Black Panther sequel that just focus, uh, just focuses on Okoye or just focuses on Nakia or like any of these people or just like is a, a Killmonger prequel. Like I would watch any of those films. This movie yeah. is so rich Expansive. on its own. 
Yeah, it introduces it. It's like, it's not just an origin story for Black Panther. It's an origin story for Wakanda, their entire government, everybody like involved in it. And everyone is so charming and such a, a realized, a fully realized character in a way that I'm like, yeah, you could just do a Wakanda cinematic universe. Like I would, I'd be up for that. Um, totally. Um, how do you yeah. feel about Ryan Coogler's future? Like, based on what he's done, based on coming into this, um, do you want him to do Black Panther 2? Do you want him to go do other stuff? I don't know. Like, I want him to do everything, both, yes and. <laughs> <laughs> um, he did an incredible, incredible job with this, and I I think it was really daunting to bring on, to do everything this movie was supposed to do. Um, I've listened to a bunch of reviews about this, and there are plenty of people out there who just wanted this movie to be like a two-hour uh, documentary about Wakanda. <laughs> um, <laughs> but he had to make it a fun action movie. He had to make it uh, a com- have a compelling arc for the protagonist, and he went the extra mile for a Marvel movie and made compelling arcs for the antagonist and for um, a lot of the supporting cast. So it's it's incredible work. I think he has done laid an amazing foundation to where if he wanted to hand this off to somebody else, they would have great tools to work with. Um, and because he's proven himself with such an amazing property and like budget, I want him to get more stories that he directly wants to tell to go towards in the future. So I would rather see him do that than do Black Panther 2. But if he did Black Panther 2, I would be thrilled. Yeah. I mean, here's the thing is that I want him to go on and do movies that like he's passionate about and that are like really unique, interesting stories. He has like, he's done three movies now and he's like three for three on, you know, like successes. Mm -hmm. And I want more of like Fruitvale stations and creeds from him. Um, Because even though creed is a franchise film, it doesn't feel like a franchise film to me. Um, Right, Right. And so I want more of that from him, but I don't want anyone else to do Black Panther. At least, <laughs> at least anyone that I've already seen before. If they gave Black Panther to like a director that was really exciting, that you know, another black director that like hasn't had a huge platform yet, but has exciting work behind them, um, that I could get on board with. But otherwise, I want him. To, I want the reins to stay in his hands. Yeah. Yeah, I'm definitely on the same page. Um, I also think he knows how to assemble like a really good cast. Yeah. So I am excited for I mean, one. I'm excited for the cast that he has here to go on and do other things too. Because like people that I hadn't heard of before, like like Winston Duke, um, like I think I think Again, he's going to be in everything now. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Let's let's right. Um, is incredible in this movie, and I'm so excited to see what else she does. Um, so I'm excited for him to introduce us to new actors again, like do something else that like brings more people into this, into, I guess my perspective that I want to see do other things. So I'm excited for him. I think this is amazing. I'm really, really pumped for his future. Yeah. I want to see him continue to make movies with Michael B. Jordan. Like I just, yeah. they're his muse, man. Yeah. They're such a dynamic pair. I'm into mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. Um, so let's let's talk flaws before we jump into spoilers. Um, for me, the biggest thing that I had a hard time with was the CG, um, which is the same in every Marvel movie, I feel like, and very just kind of, I don't know, soupy. Um, yeah. Like, by the, by the time, and we won't get into, like, third act stuff, but um, there's always, you know, big fights in costumes that are very, very, you know, 3D model stuff. 
Um, and I just feel like it's not done. Like, I feel like there's a still so much that's just like, Oh, we're in a, just a completely CG environment now. Um, and that stuff for me is hard when the rest of this film is really, really grounded. Um, but yeah, I think that's my biggest, my biggest qualm. Yeah. I was listening to, I think it was slash film cast, um, talk about the CG in this and they talked about how, uh, it feels like the peak for CG costume animation was Spider-Man two. Yeah. And has also <laughs> they also noted that like in some instances it sincerely it seems like it's gotten worse like the animation is not as good as it was in the early 2000s because all of these studios are so strapped there are so many different special effects studios now and so many have so many movies they're working on um in the trailer for black or in the trailers for Black Panther I saw the preview for Rampage um, mm-hmm. you know, like the garbage arcade movie that they're turning into a full fledged movie. And it's so many pixels. It's so many polygons. It's all the special effects of turning a, a gorilla and a lizard and a wolf into huge things to break buildings. And that's so much time that they could have spent making vibranium armor look real <laughs> like yeah that movie yeah. is not i'm sure that movie will make money but it's just it's so dumb and it bums me out that that is kind of a a hollywood trend now that hasn't caught up to scale on the producing end because a movie like this i think i mean obviously i'm gushing about it i think it deserves a lot more time and a lot more love on the special effects end than it got. I would say, like, you're, like I said, I was going into this expecting a lot more than I expect out of most Marvel movies. Um, mm-hmm. And so things that I would love in a Marvel movie and that I did love in this movie are also kind of its downfall in the grander scheme of things. So, like, there's a point in this movie where they go to South Korea, and that's my favorite action sequence in the movie. Um, yeah. As yeah. a Marvel movie, it's like, like, yeah, this is a great choice, and this is like a, a great action sequence. Now, as a movie, movie though, that mm-hmm. random choice to like leave Wakanda and like all of a sudden we have to like do a mission in South Korea, I think is that sequence is like, oh, this is just still a Marvel movie to me. Like a movie that I think would have been, you know super moving and impressive on like a grander scale would it would not have left Wakanda um mm-hmm. or, or at least wouldn't have done it in that way in such a like a a quick way you know um yeah it felt it just felt like very much your classic like okay now we have to do a mission in this random country and oh look it happens to be Asia because the Asian market is super important to us you know um, and <laughs> yeah. so like I said as a Marvel movie that choice doesn't bother me at all it was a fun sequence mm-hmm. I love like I had a lot of fun there as a regular movie um, I think that's what keeps it li- li- what limits it mm-hmm. yeah I yeah I think that is what kept it in the Marvel bubble for me yeah. is like, you still, you still have these pieces you have to hit. And yes, you're like, there aren't cameos that you have to like bring in or like connecting to other movies in any way. And the car right. and you know, like, right. Like, yeah, you still have to have those things, um, which is fine. Like, yeah, that, like you said, the Korea sequence is amazing and I had a ton of fun with yeah. it, but it is, it's what keeps it from being uh, a Logan to me. Right. Um, 
That being said, that hand-to-hand fight sequence is something that I was really excited for from Ryan Coogler. Um, off, off of Creed, I thought like his choreography is going to be on point. His camera work for fighting is going to be so different than something we're, we have we've seen from Marvel. And I, I, it wasn't in this movie <laughs> to me. A lot of the fights felt very normal. Um, well, we did. A, they, I think there was there was one shot of a hand-to-hand fight in in the in Korea with uh, what's her name? Deny. Uh, Deny. Yeah. yeah, yeah, with Deny who where we have a the camera doesn't move all that much we just actually get to see her fight there's not a lot of quick cuts there's not a lot of shaky cam and like that is what i want i want real good choreographed fighting um and i think a lot of times with these marvel movies you just don't have a lot of time and you just need to kind of it's secondary to the, what else you need to do. That's um, part of the reason I've always so I was disappointed loved there. the Captain America movies is because a lot of the times those hand-to-hand combat sequences in those movies are really fun to watch. See, for me, I feel the, the same way where it's just a little, I mean, it's, it's, a, little much. it's a lot, of, it's choppy. It's yeah. like, it's too close. You're not getting enough wide shots. But with a fight where you're just punching, I think that's more acceptable. So sure. like in the Captain America movies, that's mostly what it is. Yeah. Um, whereas in this one, I feel like you've, you got spear work, you've got, <laughs> you've got, you know, gun work. And I feel like you could do a lot more with it. Yeah, That's, that's true. It's not, you don't leave this movie thinking, Oh man, that hand to hand scenes were really something out of this world. I felt like it was very, it was great. And it wove into everything else really well. Um, I don't know. I see what you're saying, but it, that was not a hindrance for me at all to enjoy the yeah. movie. I didn't feel like, oh, that was, oh, yeah. that was half-assed. Yeah. It definitely, it definitely wasn't a hindrance. I just, it was one of those things where I expected more and I got more of the same. Yeah. Yeah. I, I also just want to say, I feel like I'm sounding very negative and I don't want to sound negative about this movie because same. I had yeah. an amazing time with it. Like, <laughs> it's so true. Like, I think we're a little at least I could say, speak for myself, I'm a little spoiled when it comes to Marvel mm-hmm. movies and the fact that they are just such fun entertainment that I've, I've, my expectations are very high now because they've produced quality after quality after quality. Um, but this yeah, is, this was their 18th consecutive number one opening. Yeah. yeah. So like, I, I don't mean to sound negative. Not only did I have a really fun time with this movie, but like we mentioned earlier, I'm so excited about this cast and all these new faces and what they're going to do after this. I'm grateful for this film for like bringing us all this new talent, you know? Um, So there's so much to love. Um, Yeah. I I just, I didn't get caught up in the buzz that I was experiencing before the movie came out. The thing that I want to, all the performances in this movie are completely incredible, but the thing that I just, my jaw dropped the more I watched it was Michael B. Jordan's performance in this. He is doing something that on first viewing is already like, oh, this is a character with really interesting uh, motivations and an arc and things that you don't see in a lot of Marvel movies. But he is doing something so subtle and intense and vulnerable in his performance of this that because there's so much going on, because there's an action scene in South Korea, it's, like, really easy to move past too quickly. Um, But what he brings in every single scene he's in um, is unlike anything I've seen from 
a villain in any Marvel movie, and I wanted to see more of him on screen because of what he was doing. Um, he, I, I don't want to... I feel like if I talk about it more, I'm going to get into spoilers, but his performance is really something that, because there's so much going on, is easy to is easy to move past, but should really be stopped and, and looked at more. It's... Oh, God, it's so good. It's super unique. So can we get into regular spoilers now? Let's get into regular yeah. spoilers. <laughs> Before we get started, does anyone want to get out? Are you paying attention? It's your last chance to walk away. Let me tell you what's going to happen. No, but I can guess. Spoilers! Remember, you wanted this. Okay, so whenever Michael B. Jordan is sitting on the throne and looking around, he has, like, he looks around at everyone with such a the way that he portrays intense anger and arrogance and confidence out of born out of a sense of not knowing who you are and incredible insecurity i i was blown away like in his eyes i could see him looking around and saying like i just want all of you to like me this is the place that i was told about when i was a kid i can't believe this is real i can't believe I'm here at the same time that he was like, you all abandoned me. I'm going to make sure that no one's abandoned ever again. I'm so mad. I'm so angry. Like the, everything that was on his face, everything that was in his eyes in, in that scene alone blew me away. And there's that kind of nuance to his performance throughout the whole thing. Um, and then there's also just really fun stuff. Like when he's at that museum and he owns that like British um, curator and with his knowledge of African artifacts, like just the way that plays out is so fun and so twisted. And God, I, sorry, I could talk way too long about it. One scene I want to bring up about him is that when he became the Black Panther and you know that he's going to go onto this like new astral plane, um, I fully expected him to go to the same place that you know, T'Challa went to and for him to like mm-hmm. confront his uncle and be like, you did this. And <laughs> the fact that he went back to that Oakland apartment and had that moment with Sterling K. Brown was yeah. a great surprise. And that was like, I think the peak of the movie for me, like that scene mm. between the two of them is where I was like, okay, this is where the meat of this movie is. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I, I think th- all the Sterling K. Brown stuff is incredible, and I think that is so exciting to see you get that that heart to a villain. Um, and what I mean, I, I feel like the thing that kept coming back to me was he is right. His motivations are right. His execution is wrong, and that is what's so compelling is that our hero actually not is doing the wrong thing, but he changes to do the right thing, which is what the villain wants, yeah, but yeah. in a better way. Which is, I think, incredible. Right. Yeah. It, it. This line never came, but, you know, at the very end when Killmonger is, like, kind of dying and they're having, like, a moment between the two of them that's, like, kind of tender, mm-hmm. um, I kept expecting T'Challa to say something like, I wish we could have grown up together. You know, like, I wish we could have been cousins and, like been children and grown up together because I wish they could have grown up together. You know, like I wish that I wish that for that, for those characters. And I, I just would have loved more of that uh, emotion between the two of them. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, yeah. definitely. That sequence after, I mean, this is, I was scared about getting too spoily, but the sequence where it's the big fight at the end and it's like there's a big war going on in front of the palace and then inside there's two computer generated cat suits clawing at each other <laughs> was it just that was the part that i was like i've seen this before and i don't mm-hmm. i wish you had gone a different way now the things that they did that were cool were um they had the fight outside like the battle rhinos were awesome that was so fun and the fact that all of the conflict was being started by men and all of the conflict was resolved by women like looking out for the better of the entire community i was like great thank you for saying something that we all know but never see in a movie like this and um they they did some really cool stuff like some of the fight moments were really fun but like the Black Panther versus Black Panther suit versus suit was really frustrating. And it wasn't until they got out onto the top of the mountain that I felt like the conflict that I was actually interested in um, was playing out. Yeah. Yep. Definitely. I, on a positive note, I want to talk about the MVP of this movie, which is Black Panther's sister, Shuri. I think she was the <laughs> shining light um, I laughed at every line that she had. Um, I was just like, yeah, I want, I, I wish the whole movie was about her. I loved that character. I loved the humor. I love that a teenage girl is like the most technologically advanced person in this world, probably. Um, yeah. I, I was really, really excited about her. Yeah. Her relationship with her brother was so fun to watch on screen. Yeah. Just like seeing siblings. How often do you see siblings in the Marvel universe? That's a great relationship. That feel that... like siblings. That like right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah like uh, Quicksilver and Scarlet Witch were siblings for like an hour. <laughs> right. In the whole Marvel <laughs> story. Yeah. And that's all we've seen. Yeah. Yeah. Um, also, the fact that they included that meme, the "What are those?" meme, I think is so fun because <laughs> that joke plays whether you know the meme or not you know what i mean it's it's such a cool thing that it in the pantheon of these movies that like if someone watches this movie 20 years from now that joke will still be funny but for all of us living in this moment we know like an extra layer of why that is funny Um, (laughs) yeah there's been some interesting conversation online about it makes you wonder, like, what is Wakanda's social media policy? Like, in order to, like, not let any secrets leak out into the world, you know? Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. how do they consume the internet and how do they participate in the internet is, I think, a really fascinating <laughs> question. They probably just download the entire internet onto a local drive every day at the end of the day. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we can store it on one thimble of vibranium. Thank you very yeah. much. <laughs> yeah, I I had so much fun with this movie and I think that's something that all the Marvel movies do really well is at the end of it every time I'm like, man, I had a lot of fun with that movie. Um, but this one I felt like also had heart to it, which um I don't get a lot from Marvel. I have a lot of fun with Marvel. I don't feel the things that I felt while watching Black Panther. Um and that makes me excited for for the future. So, yeah. I think um, any last thoughts from anybody 
I think I'm finally coming to grips with the fact that uh, something you guys may already well know, um, that superhero movies are my favorite movies, that Marvel superhero movies are my favorite movies. And it's a weird thing because, like you said, Lucas, a lot of times there's a lot less feeling, um, you know, a, a film like uh, Lady Bird makes me feel a lot more intensely than a film like Thor The Dark World. But um, there's something to these movies being uh, mythical. There's something to their escapism. There's something to what they mean to the culture. The fact that they have opened 18 number one movies in a row that just really, really fascinates me and really reels me in. And as much as I love art house films, I love documentaries, there's something about a superhero movie that has a special place in my heart. And this movie does something that I've never seen a superhero movie do before. And it was, honestly, it was showing a movie entirely about people of color, by people of color, living out life in a future <laughs> with future tech and excelling being excellent showing excellence on screen it was a beautiful and important and wonderful thing and i'm so thrilled at how much uh how many think pieces have been written about this how much this is going to mean to movies going forward how true it is that for me to talk about this is uh a very like I can't even use a tenth of the words that are needed to talk about this as eloquently or as importantly because it's not, um, there's just so much good that has already been written about it and so much good that it's going to do. And uh, I'm it's true. I should have prepared thoughts You're because good. I feel so Im- good. intensely about it. But I just, it's a wonderful, wonderful movie. It is a Marvel movie at the end of the day, but the more you watch it, um, all the layers of care that went into this um, really are are revealed. And I'm so impressed by this movie. I'm so thankful for this movie. Um, go see it in a theater. See it in good seats. Agreed. <laughs> yeah, I will. I need to see it again. And I'm excited to talk to you about it, Lawson, after I've seen it a second time and hopefully can like meet your level of excitement for it. I really hope it, it rewards a second yeah. viewing. I think it will. I'm I think excited. so, too. I think that about wraps it up for us. You can get in contact with us on Twitter at feelingitpod or send us an email at feelingitpod at gmail.com. Uh, where can we find you guys individually? You can find all of my social media. All of my social media. That's a um, Freudian slip. <laughs> all of my social media activity at Sandra Amstutz. My last name is spelled A-M-S-T-U-T-Z. You can find me at Lawson West on every different platform. Uh, I'm trying out Vero. So if you're on there, hit me up. (laughs) We'll see if that's a hilarious thing to listen back on in three months, but whatever. Yeah, I'm I'm really active on Peach right now, so. (laughs) Everyone get into it. Peach is going to be great. (laughs) Oh, time capsules. um, I'm Lucas Wright. You can find me everywhere at Lucas and Stuff. You can follow me on Twitter, tweeting about how I'm going to win this Oscar ballot oh, so and make everybody cocky. watch a movie about it. Oh, way to not talk about it like we'll see, you said. We'll <laughs> <laughs> All right. I'll talk to you guys next week. All right. Bye-bye. Bye. Thank you. Goodbye now. Goodbye. Go away, Rick. I'll see you soon, okay? That's it? Go home? Yeah. Move along, Padre. Goodbye, old friend. That's it. That's our show for tonight, people. 